0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to High T Hoops. I'm Skylar Smith, and you can catch me on the Bird app at the Duchess of Hoops.
1: Hey, everyone, I'm Brian Boucher, and you can catch me across all social media, including Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, Skylar, at the Duke of Hoops.
0: I'm working on it. We are so excited for our first series, The Casual UK Fan Guide to NBA Teams.
1: In this series, we're going to be running through the 22 NBA teams competing in Orlando to help you decide who to root for in the bubble. We'll keep the statistics and game analysis a little bit light while focusing more on the stuff that makes fans fans, whether the team is winning or not.
0: I unfortunately didn't have a ton of choice in my fanship. I grew up in a Pistons household in Michigan, but Brian, you moved around a lot growing up. You lived in LA, you could have been a Lakers fan, you you lived in Indiana, you could have been a Pacers fan, but you committed to the Nuggets when you were living in Denver and you stuck with them. When you were a kid, what about the Nuggets made you think, this is going to be my team forever?
1: Well, the reason I'm such a big NBA fan is because I have lived across the states in a lot of different cities, so I've got to see a lot of different teams play. But I moved to Denver when I was seven, a little bit of a nerdy kid, and I wore these kind of like really long white tube socks that were not cool. And there was a player on the Nuggets, Bobby Jackson, Action Jackson, who wore these really long white tube socks as well when he played, and he made me feel a lot cooler. Uh, And that sealed the deal, made me a lifelong Denver Nuggets fan.
0: Yes, that's the stuff we want. Being a fan of a team is about so much more than championships and rings, and that's what we're hoping to fill in here. We'll be touching on team personalities, beefs, nicknames, Premier League team equivalents, and more.
1: We'll be starting from the bottom of the rankings, so bear with us with the Washington Wizards and making our way up to the Bucks at number one. You can check back every day though for a new episode.
0: Let's spill the tea. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Hi T Hoops. This is Skylar, the Duchess of Hoops, here with Brian, as always. Brian, how's it going?
1: It's going great, Skylar. I got my stout, and I'm ready to talk about the Trailblazers.
0: I am so excited to talk about the Trailblazers today. What about you? What's, well, like, your history with the Trailblazers?
1: I've always loved the Trailblazers. Uh, you know, I was a Nuggets fan growing up, as we've talked about in the intro every single day. And so they were kind of a a division rival, you know, the nuggets went up against them a lot, but I love their branding. I love the Pacific Northwest and Mm -hmm. they've always been good and had really interesting players from Dame to LaMarcus Aldridge to Bill Walton back in the seventies. So I really like the trailblazers. Uh, They have a great fan base and they have a lot of shit that happened to them over the last 40 years that I'm excited to dive into.
0: So much shit. Yep. Okay, let's just get into it then. Um, the Portland Trailblazers. They're the only NBA team in the Pacific Northwest uh, since the Supersonics moved to Oklahoma City. Which is um, crazy.
1: About- because Crazy. The the Van- Vancouver Grizzlies, which incredible branding. Just if yep. you're looking at pure jerseys. They moved to Memphis, the Supersonics moved to Oklahoma City. Now Seattle and Vancouver are huge tech hubs with a ton of wealth and a ton of potential corporate uh, sponsors, corporate boxes that can be sold out. And they moved to Oklahoma City and Memphis, which are really small markets. So a very mm-hmm. backward move where if they were here now with Amazon and Microsoft and all the tech companies and business going on, you know, Lululemon's in Vancouver, uh, mm-hmm. Arc'teryx, a ton of brands are in the Pacific Northwest. Nike
0: is in Portland. Nike's
1: in Portland. They kind of missed the boat there with them moving yeah. to much smaller markets. And I think the NBA and those teams would have done a lot better if they would have stayed in the Pacific Northwest.
0: Yep, Totally. Um, Let's talk about Portland a little bit, because I think people kind of don't really know Portland very well. It's a pretty small city. There's only about two million people who live in the entire metro area, which is really small. Um, It's, you know, it's on the West Coast. It's it's Pacific Northwest. It's a very liberal city, but it's in a pretty conservative state. So there's ends up being a lot of uh, clashing political stuff pretty often Mm -hmm. in Portland. Um, And it's a it's a pretty industrial city but it's really cool. We love Portland. I, We're big fans of Portland.
1: Great for donuts, incredible bookstores, indie coffee shops, a very hipster city. Yeah. If anyone's seen Portlandia, uh, very hipster. And they're known for, you know, a very passionate fan base. They often, mm-hmm. knew, we had the famous Portland trail or not the Portland trail, the Oregon trail uh, where people went over from, you know, St. Louis and traveled to Oregon. And so a lot of people from Oregon consider themselves like the toughest in the country who actually were able to survive that trip and settle in that area. So, you know, Phil Knight starting Nike there. Uh, There's a lot of companies that sprung up there that are based on kind of that toughness and champion mindset. Uh, And it's also really well known for strip clubs here in the States. So (laughs) fun fact for you to throw in donuts, bookstores, coffee, and strip clubs.
0: Yeah, that's Portland for you. So let's move on to owner management and coach. So the Portland trailblazers are owned by the estate of Paul Allen. He sadly passed away in 2018, um, but he had partial ownership of the Seattle Seahawks and the Seattle Sounders at the time of his passing Mm -hmm. as well. Um, He was actually the youngest owner in the big four. So MLB, NFL, NBA, N h l um, he was the youngest owner when he bought the blazers for seventy million in nineteen eighty eight. He was thirty five
1: insane
0: thirty five seventy million to blow on an NBA team. Can't imagine it.
1: That was a pretty good return on investment uh, with what NBA yeah. teams are worth now.
0: Yeah. Um, general manager, Neil Olshi, he worked his way up through coaching and management, uh, at the Clippers and became the GM of the Clippers and then became the GM for the Blazers in 2012. Um, and then their coach is Terry Stotts. He's been with the Blazers since, uh, 2012 as well.
1: So do you have any
0: history with them, Brian?
1: Uh, well with Paul Allen owning the team, you know, he has owned a number of sports franchises. He unfortunately passed in the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. but had a huge impact in the Pacific Northwest and around the world as the Microsoft co-founder. Um, but yeah. you know for 70 million in 1988 because they'd already won a, a championship at that point, uh, they had uh, pretty incredible players uh, you know that, that built the team Bill Walton won MVP, Finals MVP and to get him for 70 million and now you know the clippers were sold for two billion dollars to bomber. Um, another Microsoft guy, Microsoft just, just yep. buying NBA teams left and right. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's pretty amazing to see a 35-year-old come in and buy a professional sports franchise and then build out his portfolio of sports and entertainment and a lot of other places in the Pacific Northwest. So uh, Paul Allen, yeah. I think, has done some great work in this region. And then I just love Terry Stotts, great coach.
0: Yeah, I think it's really cool. Um, Paul Allen, he was just the owner of such successful teams it's just mm-hmm. it's getting the chance to own three teams that are as successful as the seahawks the sounders and the blazers even though the blazers didn't like win a championship while he owned them like the sounders and the seahawks both did it's just it's just wild that opportunity
1: yeah well he could just like so many nba teams and so many incredible owners and players they went to the finals twice in the 90s but they had to mm-hmm. meet jordan so it's just like all right well that's and about as good as you can do and the pistons sorry Skylar. and my
0: pistons yep so let's move on to the history that's a good segue brian thank you um so the blazers entered the league in 1970 the same year as the cleveland cavaliers and the la clippers who were the buffalo braves at the time which wow what a name imagine still having buffalo braves in the league that sounds like an mlb team it doesn't even sound like an nba team
1: it sounds like a backyard baseball team like a kid's computer game team
0: yeah yeah Um, In 1977, they had their first uh, winning record for a full season. Um, So their first winning season, their first playoffs appearance, and they go on to win their first NBA championship that year. First and only. Amazing. Um, Bill Walton's the MVP. Jack Lawson's the coach. It's incredible.
1: Bill Walton, Uh, the best announcer in college basketball now? At least the quirkiest? Yeah. I don't know if he's the best.
0: Definitely the quirkiest.
1: Quirkiest color commentator. We can say that.
0: 1977 actually starts um they start selling out their arena and they end up uh holding the record for the most sellouts in a row in any of the major sports that didn't end until they eventually got to their um their new arena which they are still in today.
1: Yeah, I can't um, you know I didn't expect Portland to have that kind of an NBA fan base or basketball mm-hmm. fan base. But I think, you know, almost what they started in 1970. So seven years in, they get their first championship. They get yep. Bill Walton, one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, unfortunately, you know, got a lot of injuries, so couldn't really finish out his career that strong. But picked up this incredible basketball culture in Portland, which is kind of an out-of-the-way area in the States. Yeah. And so I was really surprised to see them have one of the best attendance records, one of the strongest fan bases in the entire NBA.
0: Mm-hmm. It's actually been this like player um fan relationship has actually been chronicled quite a lot it's called blazer mania which i think is really funny um blazer mania officially started in that 1976-77 season when they won that championship and it's just kind of come to be the word that describes the relationship between the players and the fans and their fan base and just how energized and how dedicated their fans are to the blazers Okay, so moving along, in 1983, they draft Clyde Drexler. What a guy. He becomes the the face of the franchise, Clyde the Glide, becomes the face of the franchise for the next, like, 10-ish years. Um, During this time, they're kind of struggling in the playoffs, but they finally make it to the finals twice in 1990 and 1992, led by Clyde Drexler. Unfortunately, they meet the Pistons and the Bulls, and they lose both times. So that Tough teams. Tough teams. That NBA, spoiler alert, that NBA championship in 1977 is still their only one. In 1994, they hired a new team president, the former GM of the Supersonics, Bob Witsit, who they brought him in to start rebuilding this team in the way that they had the Supersonics. And so from 1995 to basically now, question mark, they've been rebuilding. Um, 1995 to 2006 was a really uh, tough time for the Blazers Um, in order to try to rebuild they ended up signing a lot of like really skilled players uh, who maybe had some off court issues Um, so this kind of started the I don't like this term quote unquote jail Blazers era Brian what do you remember of the jail Blazers era?
1: Well the the early 2000s uh, you know after Jordan went out of the league there was a lot of criticism of players coming in you know the Allen Iverson uh, yep. wearing long baggy shorts hip hop culture there was a lot of unfair and pretty racist criticism of players and so yep. it was kind of a darker time in the NBA where the the league didn't really embrace the the culture that was that was happening in the early 2000s in basketball yep and you know that carried over to these unfortunate names of like the jailblazers era which is rooted in racism largely
0: totally yeah so there were there were some real off the court issues you know a couple players got caught with marijuana which is which is,
1: legal, well, which is legal
0: in Oregon yep um, you know there was uh, cases of dog fighting and you know sexual assault there were some real off the court issues that i think kind of got uh, blown out of proportion because of, you know, this kind of media, um, you know, the pressure that media yeah. put on them. And also, you know, I think it was going to be tough for them in Portland either way. Um, so let's get into some quotes. Let's talk about some of the players who were sure. the jailblazers. I really hate that term. My man, Rasheed Wallace, you know, originator of the iconic phrase, ball don't lie. Um, you know, he had some issues. He he was suspended by the NBA for seven games after he threatened a referee and then uh, tried to uh, meet up with him in the loading dock outside of the stadium after that game. Not um, great. Not great. Not great. Um, but, you know, he's Rashid Wallace, and he's iconic, and I love him. Um, but he said that he thought that the jailblazers – I like struggle every time I say it got that much media attention because they were the only professional sports team in town. So they were basically mm-hmm. the only source of attention for their media.
1: Yeah. And it was a it was um, blanket for the, all the NBA at that time, you know, yeah, rap culture, totally. hip hop culture. They just pegged all of these players in this fashion, um, mm-hmm. which was largely unfair.
0: There is, there is something Portland specific though, that we can kind of get into. So like Zach Randolph was one of the players he sucker punched one of his teammates, he had this to say about the police and the media in Portland. They don't take well to young black urban kids coming out having come from nothing. You come to Portland with braids, come with cornrows, people can't relate to that. They peg you a different way and look at you a different way. If he's got braids, he's a thug. So there is something kind of Portland specific to, to these cases, just because Portland is it's a very conservative Oregon is a very conservative state and there is kind of this liberal city of Portland. And so there end up being Oregon's a very white state. There end up being these kind of clashes and it's, it's honestly just unfortunate,
1: really complex uh, state and city and fan base, you know, it it spanned a lot of eras, a lot of different uh, you know, a lot of different teams and players and issues on the court. So, you know, this is one of the more interesting histories we've had for an NBA franchise.
0: Yep. So this era is kind of the low point for this team and their fans, and they've kind of been rebounding since then. With so a in really
1: 2012, core—it's amazing how they've come back from that.
0: Yeah. So let's kind of get into the more modern era of the Blazers. In 2012, they draft Damian Lillard. In 2013, they draft C.J. McCollum. You know, since they've drafted them, they've been rebuilding, gaining more success. Um, they've continued to struggle with. The playoffs, and especially injuries in the playoffs, Um, but they finally made it to the conference finals last year. It kind of looks like they're starting to really pick up steam and be a real title contender. Um, They were swept by the Warriors last year, but, you know, I'm excited to see the Blazers again this year in the bubble. Yep. Um, and just in general, the Blazers have been an incredibly successful team despite having so few championships. In their 49 years of existence, they've qualified for the playoffs 35 times, um, including a 21 straight playoff appearances from 83 to 2003, which is crazy.
1: At Spurs level. It's amazing. Not the Spurs, but the San Antonio Spurs Spurs level. The Spurs. Yeah. The the San Antonio Spurs. And you know, they've stuck by Damon CJ and kind of their young core here, which, you know, and Terry Stotts, they've rebuilt and they've keep adding new pieces. And it's pretty incredible to see them, you know, build their playoff success, you know, beating the Rockets on that last second incredible buzzer beater from Damian Lillard Mm -hmm. to beating OKC. Um, so they continue to be competitive in the Western conference, but you're right. The injuries have killed them with Nurkic going out, um, and, you know, a number of their players going down in the playoffs. So I'm excited to see them this year too.
0: Me too.
1: Okay. So let's get into
0: their current players. Now that we've talked about, uh, and CJ.
1: Well, do you want to go into their history of terrible drafting before we jump into the current roster?
0: That's a great idea, Brian. Thanks. So. Portland has a pretty a pretty heartbreaking lineup of just awful draft decisions. So um they took Michael Thompson over Larry Bird, they took Sam oh. Bowie over Michael Jordan, and they took <laughs> Greg Oden over Kevin Durant.
1: The Sam Bowie is the all-timer especially coming off the last dance. And you know they all-timer. But all of the honestly all of these are all-timers. That's true. But, you know, they they pick pretty – like Damian Lillard, great pick. C.J. McCollum, great, great pick. pick. They've done great good pick. picks. But they have yep. when they have missed, they have missed so hard. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's pretty unbelievable.
0: It's got to be tough to be a Trailblazers fan and just look at that and think of what could have been.
1: Clyde Drexler and Michael Jordan on the same team?
0: Unbelievable.
1: Instead of Michael Jordan crushing their hopes and dreams in, in, in I think, 1992 when they beat him?
0: Yeah, and them getting, like – an end of career Scottie Pippen, it's just not the same.
1: Not the same. And the Greg Oden right. over Durant was, you know, that was fair. Oden was incredible in, in mm-hmm. college. Uh, he yep. looked like he would just take over the league like Shaq. And so that's one's a little more defensible. I mean, you know, there's lots of other podcasts on that on, on Oden over Durant, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a tough miss. Yeah, it's tough.
0: Okay, so let's get into the players, the current players and the starting lineup. Um, We've already mentioned Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. They're in the starting lineup still. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got some vets, Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, and then finishing it out, is Hassan Whiteside. Brian, would you just like to just like have your time with Melo?
1: Just give me 45 minutes on Carmelo Anthony.
0: Maybe 45 seconds.
1: All right, here's my pitch. Carmelo Anthony is my favorite basketball player. As a Nuggets fan, him dropping to number three, well, I just could not believe it after his year at Syracuse. And mm-hmm. I you know, met my wife with a gigantic Carmelo Anthony <laughs> fathead sticker on my wall, uh, which is embarrassing, but it exists. She still married you. She still married me after that embarrassment. So Carmelo is one of my uh, favorite players of all time. Current favorite yep. player love that he's still in the league and still producing and you know it's unfortunate how he's been pegged i think he's underrated in his career because he went to the knicks and people were saying he went for the money and didn't go to the bulls and try to win a championship and all these other reasons but he is one of the purest scorers of all time and Mm -hmm. i absolutely love carmelo uh glad to see that he's still in the trailblazers and still producing good minutes for this team
0: yeah Carmelo was like one of those players where there's just like kind of always something happening around him. That's just it's just so entertaining mm-hmm. like him and Lala like their drama. I just I love it. Like at one point they were like getting divorced. I don't know if they ever actually got divorced. It seems like they're back together, but they were getting divorced. And so she showed up at the next red carpet with a ring on every single one of her fingers except her ring finger. Yeah, And then just like rocky the relationship. Yeah. But it's, it's always like funny and you can still, you can tell that they still get along and that they're very amicable and that they just have so much love for their, for their son and the like image of Lala courtside, like holding that phone up so that their son could see Carmelo warming up is like burned into my memory. I just, I love them. And I'm, I'm always happy to see Carmelo getting another shot. I'm happy for him.
1: Me too. Who do you like on this team?
0: You know, I I love Dame. I'm always going to be a big fan of Dame. I love his rap yeah. career. I think he's so fun off the court. Um, I love him as a player. I think he's just I think he's just a great guy, and he's really fun to watch. Um, C.J. McCollum. I didn't really have you know much of a. I was always like, yeah, he's good. I re- I like him. Um, I recently saw some videos of CJ McCollum and his dad walking into the arena before a bunch of games and his dad makes it his like mission to like embarrass CJ he like goes in like dancing and like doing a bunch of funny things and so now they are like one of my favorite duos in the NBA.
1: He's a great story of continu he went to a small college, he mm-hmm. worked and worked and worked and finally got his chance and became most improved player I think and now has exploded and is one of the most reliable guards in the league. So Pretty amazing to see his growth in the NBA as well.
0: Yep. Um, so let's get into Dame a little bit off the court. He's got a lot going on off the court. Um, yep. He got, he has the nickname Dame Dalla. Um, I think it's a nickname and his rap name. Um, so in 2016, he released his debut album, The Letter O, um, which I read was like, it's like every place he's ever lived starts, it's like Oakland and then Ogden and then and now it's Oregon and it's also the reason why he wears number one or number zero. <laughs> why
1: did I just do that? <laughs> I did that too. It's so funny. I, I was like, oh. remember the purple and the suns? I was like, and they call it the purple palace because all the seats are pink. <laughs> 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 so the oh, he's zero. That's why he's zero. I'm keeping this. Yeah. And I'm not cutting this. No. Keep going. You're doing great.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um. You know, he, he's released a bunch of albums. His third album was called Big Dalla. It featured Lil Wayne and Jeremiah, which is like, those are legit features. Like, he's really making a career for himself off the court here, and I'm super into it.
1: He's also great, and he's like, has his own media company. You know, he, he yeah. you should see his link tree. He's got all sorts of projects going on. Also does a ton of stuff in the community, which is great to see. All the trailblazer, you know, all the courts around Portland are all Trailblazers branded, they're all Nike branded. Uh, he does a ton of events there, so Dame is doing some big things outside of basketball.
0: Yep. Um, the fun thing about Dame's rap career is that it like sometimes gets him into uh, some really incredible beefs. Um, so at Great one segment. point, thank you. Dame went on to the Joe Budden podcast um, and said that Shaq's rap success was more due to his game on the court than it was his lyrical skills.
1: Fair. And then... Obviously. Totally
0: fair. Totally fair. Um, so then Joe Budden asked Dame if he thought he was better than Shaq at making music. And he said, I think I rap better than Shaq. I think he was viewed as Shaq. People weren't looking at him like he was a real rapper. They said that's Shaq rapping. So of course it was a big deal. So Shaq posts a diss track to his Instagram. It blows up. I think it's amazing. I will tune into any beef that in, that involves Shaq. And I will also tune into any beef that includes Damien Lillard. So this was perfect and made for me.
1: This beefs list is incredibly long and I'm here for it.
0: Yeah. Dame basically just gets himself into a lot of beefs. Is what's happening. So, Dame also seems to have a beef with Russell Wells with Russell Westbrook. Um, honestly, I don't know how much of a beef this is. They just seem to like like to shit talk each other quite a lot on the court, and they both are just kind of like really high energy players. And so, I think tensions just kind of get high. Yes. And blow up it doesn't really seem like it's a real beef to me but it does seem to like flare up all the time
1: these are the best type of nba beefs because they're so competitive and they just go at each other on the court they're in the same conference They're rivals dame hit the game winner on okc to get you know advance in the in the in the playoffs so this is like this is a good beef this is them just being ultra competitive being with their teams for so long and then just going at each other season after season and just getting pissed at each other this is what you like to see
0: Totally. Um, and then we'll finish it out. Dame got himself into another rap beef with Marvin Bagley III, who was uh, playing for the Sacramento Kings at the time. I don't, I don't really know what happened here. It was basically the same thing as the Shaq thing. Like, they asked Marvin if he was better than Dame, and he obviously – like, is anyone going to be like, no? So he said yes, and then they got into a beef because you can't do that in the rap world, I guess. So Dame's,
1: Dame's rap career has really uh, contributed to most of this beef.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get into the trailblazers in the bubble. So, you know, this team, they have a 9% chance to make the playoffs and a less than 1% chance to make the finals. So we're kind of back. We kind of backtracked a little bit. We really thought we really got on our high horses with, the Pelicans, we had gotten up to a big percentage, but we're back down to under 10% to get into the playoffs. But, you know, this is going to be a fun team to watch either way, honestly.
1: I really hope they make it. It would be so yeah. fun to see. And they have they have their whole team healthy. I think Nurkic is yep. back. And yep. they have not a great mathematical shot, but uh, it would be really fun to see them, especially with their kind of recent success uh, progressing pretty far in the playoffs.
0: Yep. Yeah. They're fully healthy. Um, we'll see the full team. I'm really excited to see them. I'm excited to see Dame again. I'm excited to see CJ and I'm really excited to see Mellow kind of, you know,
1: oh, get this, mellow. get
0: another shot, play play off mellow.
1: Not quite like playoff Rondo, but playoff mellow is something I want to see.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. So Brian, what do you think are the takeaways with this trailblazers team?
1: Yeah. You know, we just did the Pelicans, which very new franchise, very new brand. And, you know, in as opposed to that, the Trailblazers have a rich history, especially mm-hmm. with their fans uh, and how their fans interact with the team. So if you're looking at this team to become a fan of, you know, you're going to be joining, it, you know, uh, you're Blazer Mania. Blazer
0: Mania, baby.
1: You're, you're going to be joining a, a fan base that loves their team. Uh, yep. passionately roots for them. They've had a long history of success. One of the premier teams, you know, by the stats and by the playoff appearances in the NBA, and you have a team that has a not young core, you know, not a rebuilding core, a no. strong core with Dame and, and CJ McCollum. They have yep. a, you know, the role players around them. They are poised to kind of hit their peak and they have a good ownership <laughs> group around them, management team, all together, very strong, solid team to root for with really classy guys. Uh, and it's a strong team to support. The problem is it's probably won't make the playoffs.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that's great. I think you really hit the nail on the head. This is just, they have so much history with the trailblazers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't fully know all of this history when we kind of set out to do this pod and I knew some of it, but I started getting into it and it was just, I, just read stuff for so it's just, this stuff is so interesting to me. Yeah. Um, you we'll know, I think this is a lot
1: on, on fan culture around them. Cause it is, yeah, it's a fascinating sure. culture.
0: Yeah. I think you can't really go wrong with the guys on this team. You know, they're, they're good. Play- they're solid players. They're really classy guys, but they're really fun. Still like CJ McCollum's really fun. Dame's really fun. You know, we can have our fun with mellow. Um, I think it's really fun. And I love the trailblazers branding. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the most original and recognizable in sports and I don't want them to ever change it.
1: Yeah. Agreed.
0: All right. Thanks for talking blazers with me, Brian.
1: That was a fun one. Uh, I was excited for this one. I think we, uh, I think we hit all the big points, uh, and we're continuing through our Epic journey through all 22 that are coming, coming into the NBA restart.
0: Yep. Who do we have tomorrow? I don't know. All right, we'll see you here tomorrow for who knows. (laughs) Bye. Bye.